Hello and welcome to Wisdom and Productivity, the podcast of Dr. Efraim Martinez. I am a principal in search of wisdom and I have found productivity to be a great asset for success. Today, I have the distinguished honor of having with me Dana Butler. Let me tell you something about Dana Butler. When I became a principal, that first time that I signed a contract, for some reason, I reserved a vacation to go with my family. I took them to Disney. And the one person that didn't even know me, that talked to me and advised me through that process of understanding how to start as a principal in school was Dana Andre Butler. So kind, so honest, so special. This is how special he is. When he won the Golden Apple Award for his excellence in principalship and he got into the podium, he sang to his students and they love him. This is how special Dana Butler is. Dana, who are you? Well, first of all, uh, thank you and gracias. Uh, for this opportunity to have dialogue and share and learn and just inspire ourselves and, and just uh, be a part of this process. Uh, who are you? Um, I'll tell you at the end where I kind of got this concept of sharing who I am. And uh, But one, one line before I, uh, I told, uh, I spoke to some eighth graders And I told them that some, uh, a coach had told me once that you, you have to feel comfortable in sharing who you are and your journey because others will know that despite whatever obstacles or things that are in front of you, you can achieve and get set very, very incredibly high goals, but you have to be willing to share your story not with an arrogance, but with um, just this is this is this was my journey. So uh, who am I? I'm faithful. I'm very faithful. Uh, I, I'm Ruth and Raymond's baby boy. <laughs> I, I am the blessed king to my wonderful queen, Robin Anita. I've been married 272 days. <laughs> Congratulations. And of course, Robin, I love you. Uh, I'm a baby brother to Dr. Fred and Diane and Guinevere Felicia. Uh, I'm a CPS kid from Daniel Webster, John Milton Gregory from the west side to the south side of Edward F. Dunn Elementary School. I'm a, a Percy L. Julian High School, Chicago Public School Jaguar and a very honored Hall of Famer. Uh, this is uh, where several, uh, we should be celebrating all cultures of every month, but we are especially celebrating uh, Black History Month. So I'm wearing my uh, fraternity sweatshirt, I mean, uh, sweater. I'm a proud brother of Cap Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. And my line brothers will get a kick out of this. I'm a club and top dog of the Furious 15 <laughs> for Delta Zeta Chapter Roots and uh, Evergreen Park alumni. <laughs> uh, 
I'm a teacher, a coach, assistant principal, a principal uh, at Pickard Elementary School, but mostly for 30 years at my family, mi familia, Irma C. Ruiz Elementary School, proud Pilsen. Uh, I'm at HBCU, uh, if you're not familiar with the acronym, uh, Historically Black College and University graduate baseball marauder for life at Central State University, Wilberforce, Ohio. Uh, I've mentioned the actual location because it was a, a historical spot for the uh, Underground Railroad uh, of trying to help to uh, escape uh, slavery and impoverishment. Currently, I'm a chair for the advisory board for the College of Education, Roosevelt University. Uh, I'm a field service specialist in support for the Illinois Principals Association. I help to serve as North Cook, South Cook, West Cook, and with an emphasis on Chicago public schools and the archdiocese. Uh, during this time of all of the conflict and the things that were going on, people are not going into the profession of being principals, assistant principals. Uh, it's almost like convincing someone to run into a building where you see that it's burning up. And how do you convince them, aside from having love for children and wanting this world to be a better place? Uh, I'm an adjunct professor at Roosevelt as well, uh, Roosevelt University alumni, for those who are actually seeking their principal's license. So I'm, I'm hopefully helping to share the 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 experience and the journey that we've had and uh, you know what comes out of that and uh, <laughs> now and uh, you mentioned the Golden Apple thank you so much uh, the Stanley C. Golder uh, Leadership Award Golden Apple Foundation of Excellence in Teaching and Leadership now five quick fun things uh, my 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 Fernwood brothers they call my Fernwood boys call me I'm the mayor of Fernwood Park in Funtown uh, <laughs> I'm a self-acclaimed musicologist for the early Motown era uh, and I'm an aficionado of Bruce Lee and the Godfather and often my quantum uh, Don Corleone after we're not gonna do this on the broadcast today <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and a pretend singer and pretend keyboard player but that's that's kind of me, a little bit of me. I'm sure you're much more. You're such an admirable person. Let me ask you a couple of, of, of questions of what you say. Um, what do you think was uh, the biggest uh, lesson you learned from your fraternity? Hum humility. Our fraternity stands for achievement <laughs> and uh, every field of human endeavor and uh, we're service oriented as well. And you have to want to help people with the idea that you're not going to receive anything. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Pastor, uh, Pastor uh, uh, Jason and Brittany, you know, just mentioned about you before me. You know, sometimes you have to put others. It doesn't mean that you're not taking care of yourself, but sometimes it's the selflessness Uh, of helping people and helping others and being a great network. Uh, it should never be a competition. It should always be a, a, a building and a, and a sharing and a love. And, uh, and specifically to my, what we call a Lion Brothers or, or Sands or whatever it is, that you, that's, 
you have to operate as one sometimes. You have to operate as a unit. No one person is greater than the other. And that has been a, a concept of, of sharing that with kids in a classroom. You know, that, that classroom becomes your city. It becomes your place. Uh, something goes wrong. It's not a Mr. Butler did it wrong or it wasn't a Ephraim did it wrong. It was, uh-oh, we dropped the ball on that or it folded like a napkin and we need to fix it. Or we did a great job and we need to celebrate while continually moving forward. You know, I don't know that we celebrate enough in life uh, of things because we always have to strive to be number one and, you know, uh, data can data can drive you crazy my, my wife tells tells me she says perfection is exhausting yes you know it, it, it it's exhausting because you can never get to that place because then once you're at the place you gotta get better <laughs> absolutely you know and, and one more follow-up question if you had a, a magic wand um, what would you uh, include in principal preparation programs to prepare principals to deal with this uh, pandemic era? Well, I don't know that there's necessarily uh, 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 answers that, that that magic wand itself might even run. Um, I think not to not to diminish the the magnitude of, of this the pandemic or any other thing that has come across us, it's it's how to compartmentalize what you have in front of you. We, we haven't seen something like this before, but we have seen some, some simply, forgive my vocabulary, some diabolical things that have been in front of administrators and principals. And it's just how can you provide an umbrella, if you will, to those underneath you so they can grow. And you almost kind of taking the taking the, the the hits for this thing while keeping yourself, your social, emotional, your own mental, emotional, physical thing, spiritual in intact because, uh, you know, obviously, you know, an empty cup. <laughs> you can't you can't help anybody uh, that's why I tell you on the plane put the mask on you first then you can help others but I guess the one thing I would probably say is try to provide as much normalcy around structures and systems that you have in place and revisit them because because it's evolving so much right now, it's almost impossible to be able to say, I got this structure or this schedule or this thing in place and not have to modify it because the, the mass mandate may change. Or you might move from one district to another district where that district has identified that we're going to do it this way. Not right or wrong, good or bad. This is the way we're going to do it. And this is the way you left doing it so you almost like a if you will a professional matrix you yes. know it's just like you just keep you just keep kind of sidestepping that and trying to address what just came at you so that just really just to put the kind of structures that you can in place reach out to even as a teacher going into this thing all right or our assistant principal or instructional leader, whatever position you may have been into this, 
just really, really listening to how people are feeling and trying to address that. You know, we talk about differentiated coaching all the time, but it, it's, a, you know, it, and backwards mapping. We talk about those different strategies that have had success, but if they don't have any form, formality or consistency to them, they, they just sound good. You know, they sound really well, but uh, somebody's going to see something different on Monday that they didn't see on Friday because of some form of legislation or something that happened. And they have to be able to say, okay, it doesn't mean I'm just accepting what it is because you still have your own opportunities to reach out to, you know, political people and uh, be advocates for what you think are important. But meanwhile, back at the ranch, (laughs) those kids are the most important layered by the next layer of supporting that teacher and staff who have to service those kids while keeping in mind the parents in the community because they're in this pandemic as well. It's not like they have answers to this as well. You know, there wasn't a pandemic. I know that parents right now are appreciating teachers and principals more than they've ever pre- appreciated them in their entire lives because you're like, I just have to watch my one child. It doesn't mean that the child is not the one most wonderfully behaved. It's just how often that, that child changes during the day. I'm happy I'm sad, I'm tired, I'm bored. I'm, I wanna go out, no, I can't go out. Uh, I did my homework, no, I didn't do it. I really know this, but I'm not gonna be quiet on that. <laughs> you're, so, you're so wise. Dana, let's go, let's dig in. Um, share with us, please, your professional trajectory uh, just before um, you retire. Um, and I'm glad you mentioned the word retirement. It should be extracted from every dictionary and every book because it doesn't exist. It should be transitionment. I need to get that word. I need to get that word in there. Enough people to use it. We don't really retire. We we leave places. We we move and involve from places. And we're never not just doing anything. You know, um, when people ask me, they said, uh, and I'm gonna get to the to the, the trajectory. When people ask me, they said, uh, I'm thinking about retiring. I said, well, I don't have any advice, but give answer one question for yourself. Uh, and I'll use you as an example. What time do you get up in the morning, uh, Dr. Martinez? 4.30. And what time does your day really, really end where you actually get to go to bed? I mean, shower, um, play, eat, everything. What time do you get? 9 o'clock. If you retire, you have to fill every one of those hours seven days a week. There's there's only so much sleeping late. There's only so much mindless TV you can watch for, for you know, there's only the 70s series. Uh, there's only so much music you can, there's only so much volunteer work. Uh, I mean, so you're always gonna be doing something. So that retirement thing, get used to saying, what's my next chapter? Or what's my next season? Or what's my next next place? Uh, I I got into I I've always been I've been working since I was 13 years old. Uh, there's a program called a CETA program. Now it's called a mayor's program. I've been working since I was forever. You know, cutting grass. My first my first interview for cutting grass I went to in a tie. Uh, 
And every place that I went, I wanted to learn more about it. And subsequently people thought, oh, well, he actually is interested in this. So they would give me more information. They give me more opportunities. They give me more things to do. And next thing I knew, I was uh, the supervisor for that program. Uh, cute story, I was a supervisor in the math department back in the, the central office when it was on North LaSalle. And there was this man I would see in the hallway all the time that people were a little frightened to talk to because he had he, was, he just looked the part of authority, great suit, and very, very well spoken. It was a sense in what is. <laughs> oh yes, I remember him. In, a, in, a, in the interview, when I interviewed, because he's the person, he's the person who hired me at Ruiz School for my my first teaching place there. And I said, oh, remember, well, if you remember me, sir, I was the guy who worked in the Xerox room, and I'd always say, hello, Mr. Warriors, and you'd say, carry on. And he said, oh, yeah, you were the guy in the math room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. Um, I taught for about 10 years, but um, I saw some um, I saw some um, administrative decisions that I thought I had some reflections on, on. So I ended up, my mom said, well, now's a great time to go back to school. But at that time, people weren't going back for certifications. You either went into counseling or administration. And she told me, as much as you like to try to help people, at the elementary school level, you're not going to be talking to groups and talking to kids. You're going to be doing a different side of it. It's not that it's not important. Yeah. So I went into administration and um, I uh, I applied for a, a principalship, kind of as a not as a goof, but I didn't think I was going to get the job before I applied for it but I wanted the experience and I was kind of doing what I call a public service announcement. Uh, uh, but I, I, I went from a hundred, like 140 applicants down to the final three in the forum. But the, the principal who was named a principal, Beverly Williamson Ashford, she uh, took me as an assistant principal and took me under her wing. And I remember her saying, do you think you'd ever want to be a principal at this school? I said, well, I think maybe she's when you have to leave. <laughs> and I didn't get it. She said, you have to, because there was at that program, at that time we had a program called a launch program where you could uh, be a, what was called a, a resident principal in elementary school for half of the year and high school at the other half. And, but you actually physically left your building. They said, she said, they need to see you as a person who can run this entire building and juggle that five million dollar budget, as opposed to the guy who was the teacher that was kind of cool, or the girls' basketball coach, or the, the, all of those things. They said they need to see you in this role instead of this role, and and I did do that program. And uh, another ir ironic, you know how you can have you have a principal who's kind of your mentor where you're working in the building. <laughs> well, I had Denise Little. <laughs> over at Heffron with uh, and uh, rest in peace Wanda Washington is her assistant principal so I learned a lot wow. <laughs> I learned a lot as a rook uh, and I had not even been a principal but uh, that was the escalation into this but I was always in jobs working around students and, and around education and, and my mom uh, rest in peace uh, 
uh, she was a uh, career service, uh, what was the other one they used to call it? There was another name for a teacher assistant, then a teacher, then a librarian. Uh, I, I watched her very quietly move through through, through uh, doing those things. My my sister, uh, Dr. Dr. Frenna, but Diane Butler and Neil, she don't like me saying the whole saying it all. <laughs> Please forgive my grammar. She don't like me. No. <laughs> uh, she taught at Scammon for over twenty plus years as a first grade teacher, and um, just you know, kind of quietly watching other people who are very very successful in the things, and they helped me with the project. Uh, my my own kind of trajectory, if you will. So, you know, uh, we have talked about this privately in the past. Um, can you tell us about the lessons that you learned as, as an, a, a proud African-American man uh, that has gone to historical college, fraternities, and working for 30 years, leading one of the best schools in Pilsen? And what did you learn about yourself? I I learned that I was much more resilient than I thought I was. <laughs> I I learned that the moment you think you have it, the rug will come from under you. I learned that you, if you do not stay humble in this, you will crumble in this. <laughs> There's always somebody who has had greater success and whatever that de definition of success is, longevity, uh, and you're always going to be compared. So come, I had to come to terms with I'm not going to be able to please everybody. Uh, I have to stay service oriented. Uh, contrary to popular belief, there are fewer decisions around where people say, well, what's going to be the best for kids? There are fewer decisions around that in the concept of education in places that, in my estimation, that you're at than we believe. But it could be more if we just keep rechanneling and re refunneling back to how it's going to help those kids you can get you can get wrapped up in forgive me uh data uh you know data data is and data tells you a lot of things it doesn't always tell you that all of the truth uh you can get so wrapped up in trying to reach goals and scores that the house can be burning down around me You know, you you got these scores and you got this thing, but there's anarchy. There's there's mistrust. There isn't, and it doesn't mean that you were the 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 catalyst of it. It it just is. And if you don't create, if, if, if I didn't, I learned that you don't create a culture and climate that people want to stay at and work at and be at and exist in. It's just it's just not a positive place to be. Uh, I can remember going to a situation once uh, where 
uh, and not necessarily in the Pilsen situation where, where I sat in the car and didn't want to go in. You know, if you don't, and I'm not saying it has to be so wonderful and, uh, you know, the Emerald City, you know, so I was going to have an Emerald City, you had to have an enchanted forest. <laughs> you know, you have to have a contrast to be able to know that this is so wonderful and bliss from this. But I had to keep that in mind because you can get swallowed up into, especially, and this is not a judgment at all about Chicago Public Schools, when you look at the third largest nation, you know, a, a public um, a school system in the nation, by design, there has to be some challenges. You know, you're talking about an individual education plan that every kid should have, not just kids who are having, you know, have special needs or learning challenges. Everybody should. But guess what? Dana should have one for the way that his supervisor coaches with him. Dr. Martinez should have one, too. And and that's a lot to be able to juggle, to be able to say, well, I got a thousand people. I need to call a plan for each one. <laughs> You know, so in retrospect, just kind of closing up on on that question. Yeah. Just trying to not rush. You know, I, I, I always continually as I'm in my new newlywed stage of uh, my my wife moves very quickly. She's very efficient in what she does. So project management, MBA, she moves like that. I seem to move a little bit more methodically slow. And I never want that to be uh, misconstrued as procrastination, <laughs> but but I know when I'm moving slow on purpose. But uh, you have to really take time to analyze for as quickly as you can, because you don't want to have to go back and do it again, you know, or you don't want to have to that misspoke word, or you like you said you uh, you can't unspill milk. You know, so if you're not taking enough time and you're just rushing to do this thing, you'll get caught. You'll get caught and you'll spend more time uh, defending Telemundo, you know, and <laughs> the so, you know, you'll, you'll find, you'll find more spending more time on that as opposed to all of the positive, positive things that you can be addressing. You're so right. We, we must take time to ride the wave. I, I, I love it. Thank you for sharing that. You know, uh, like in Back to the Future, if you could go back in time, what is one or two lessons that you learned? Uh, I or, or what would you do? I'm sorry. What are two, one or two things that you would do differently? I absolutely would have finished my graduate work earlier. Not necessarily have gone into it. You know, I have doctoral work that's unfinished out there. I would have finished it earlier, not necessarily to race into administration or instructional coaches or superintendencies or those kinds of things, but to have it done and be able to build off that dissertation, be able to make that part of the work that you are doing. Uh, and, and, and I understand that you would never want, I, I would not want a first year teacher trying to acclimate into that while working on, you know, some rigorous work as, in a master's program. But, you know, after a couple of years and you start to establish yourself for what you're doing, why not? You know, why not go back and 
and that's with the idea that knowing that you're going, to, you would like to do those kinds, do those kinds of things. And uh, and I said it earlier before, but I want to repeat it. Perfection is exhausting. You know, to try to make everything look just the right way all the time, it, it, it'll, it'll just wear you out. So if I, I would have gave myself the advice, uh, you know, riding the wave doesn't mean that you are not engaged in this thing. You understand that this is a wave that I'm not necessarily that I can feel defeat. I can't beat three-fourths of the earth covered by water with my hands or my thoughts. Sometimes you have to ride that wave to the stops and figure out how I can ride that wave better or how I can maybe redirect that wave. You know, because I, I just, I was always interested in trying to make sure that people were happy, but, and, and it wasn't, but I should have been thinking more about the making them happy through helping them to be the best that they could be. I, I learned it later. And that's with kids. You know, uh, uh, I, I think I did a, a much better job <laughs> with helping kids to see. Uh, I tell the story about trust. I never asked kids to trust me. I said, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to give you some things to do. You don't even have to put 100% not giving them low expectations. I said, but you don't have to put even 100% into it. Put 60 to 70% into it with consistency and see if the goal was met. In November, you'll know whether you trust me or not. You'll know if you trust me because you really think I care about you or I'm so arrogant that I don't want you to fail because then I'd say that was a failure for me. For whatever, I told them whatever avenue you want to take, milk me and get every bit of information you can from me and move on, use it and share it. You know, so trying to just trying to help people to be the best that they can while you are trying to be the best that you can. You know, uh, you know Michael Jordan was, you know, I'm the 9,000 shots he missed. You know, his his failures were his greatest success. You know, he trusted to take that shot, but I think it's 27 times with the game on the line he missed. You know, so, and I, I and the other one is about accepting when things just don't go right. You know, it, it can stop your sleep. It, it can affect your emotions. You know, you can just people look at you and you're kind of, you're like kind of walking in like a zombie, like a zombie. Are you okay, I'm fine. But you're so inundated, you're so thought up in the process of, of a, a, parent, a parent that was angry with you or, or uh, something happened to a kid and there was nothing that you could do about it, but it was under your watch, you know, and you, you internalize it so much, you know, those, those are the kind of things that's just like, I just wish I had uh, put a little less energy into some of that and more into, you know, just really, really. And like I said, I was blessed that it came later. But, you know, the, those 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 early, I'm preaching to the choir, those early years, little principles are, you can't explain them, boy. Rough. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm having such a mu much fun in this conversation, Dana, and learning so much from you. 
Uh, let's go into um, uh, books, you know, books, either reading or, or listening is such a privilege. Could you please share with us the one fiction book you cherish the most and why? Well, I don't necessarily know that I cherish it, but I certainly own it. To Kill a Mockingbird. Because you know, the moral of that story for me is you can do the right thing or the wrong thing. But if the, the perception and the answer is already there, it won't matter what kind of evidence you present. W.E. Du Bois says, uh, and this is not this is not making a judgment, it's just a statement. You know, a system cannot fail one that was never meant to protect. You 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 have to understand, one has to understand the, the concept of where we are and what we do in this world. And which, which kind of goes into my other book of unconscious bias in schools that I'm showing up. You know, we don't necessarily know, we don't necessarily know sometimes what we are doing or saying, you know, in, in aspects of this world. So, you know, the, the guy didn't do anything, the guy did not do anything wrong, but he was convicted because he was convicted before he walked in that courtroom and kind of understanding that that it kind of exists or still can kind of exist in this world it's it should guide your steps you know guide guide your steps on how you act what you say how you listen not just listening how you listen how you share because otherwise we will continue to be victimized in any aspect of what we're doing well any profession of what we're doing if we're not we're not paying attention uh, I, remember, I don't know if you remember that song that was in um, uh, Sister Act where they said if you want to be somebody you want to you have to wake up and pay attention <laughs> just not watching what's in front of you. And I learned a lot about that story. We read it with the kids all the time. And it's not a woe is me, but understand where you fit in this world. And if you don't like where you fit, do things so you can fit in a different place within this world. And always know that you are representing someone. You know, I'm, as I said, I'm, 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 I'm Robin's husband, I'm her king, her best friend. I'm still always Ruth and Raymond's baby boy. I'm all. I'm still all of those things. I'm, I'm Coach Mays' uh, kid he entrusted to be captain of that team. Uh, we still talk from 1979 uh, to this. We still talk regularly. You know, uh, Miss Greco, from high school, you know, we still have those kind of concepts. So always know that you're representing someone. You know, I represent uh, 
the church I attend, you know, Solid Rock. I represent them, Solid Rock South. I represent them where I go. I, you know, and I represent you, Dr. Martinez. When I go somewhere and somebody makes that association with the name, and I'm, I don't want them to, I don't want them to say, oh, he hangs out with that guy. He talks to him. I don't watch, not only I don't want to watch his podcast, I'm not sure if I want to visit his school. And, you know, we have, it's uh, heavy as the head that wears the crown, where you have, You've, you've got, you're blessed to uh, have these opportunities and you, but you've got to always remember how important it is to, uh, you know, represent. And that came out of all of that book of saying, um, you know, the, 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 the lawyer, you know, they thanked him. Yes. Even though, you know, it was, it was dire. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. You know, um, can, can I ask then for the nonfiction book that you share is the most and what did you uh, learn from it? Well, I got two of them and I always feel like they're like shameless plugs of the things because we know we know a lot of great authors. You know, uh, you know, your uh, one of your colleagues, great friends, Dr. Watkins, you yeah. know, yeah. she uh, wrote releasing her about her mom and Alzheimer's. But there's a greater story into that of anyone who's having to care for their parents or loved ones when they are having some type of affliction or cancer, you know, and she speaks, she speaks heavily of how, you know, God guided her and, and comforted her. Uh, the book itself talks about, for me, it talks about how to last through situations that you almost kind of feel like it, the, the, the end is predetermined kind of thing as much as you want to help people but how you how do you care for your parents how do you care for a child that maybe has an affliction or it could be emotional how do you work with them and sometimes it's just uh some, some great chapters in there on how to uh and you can associate it with a problem you know you could it can be a recovery from something that you you know have been involved in or you know You could have a car accident that still, you know, still is in your mind, those kind of things. So uh, that association is, uh, you know, it's a great book. And the uh, the Infinite Game, we're reading this as a group uh, with the Only Principles Association, uh, Dr. Dr. Leahy. Uh, we do it as a, a staff. And it talks about... Leaders eat last, you know, and you start with the why. And uh, if you don't take care of your people, if you don't take care of your people or service oriented, you'll, you'll become a company that does really well and then it will end or they'll get a new CEO and then you'll have to, uh, you know, we have new taskmasters to follow. Oh, yes. <laughs> Uh, and you, you, it'll never be an, it'll never be internal for you to want to be a part of that and see it succeed because you're always wondering, well, this ain't gonna be long, you know. Yeah, that comes from a lot of times when we're giving things to do in education. The person says, well, historically, I've watched that this is probably not gonna be around in two years, so why am I gonna invest the time in it? Absolutely. So until until you show that it's important. Others won't think that is important either. Awesome. 
thank you i'm like here like trying to process everything you're saying thank you dana so wise (laughs) you know if you have a, a big poster board and you have to identify who are your biggest influences who will they be well i got i have pockets of those i have different pockets of personal influences professional influences uh obviously I, as i always continue i will always uh honor and say my wife and my queen is named robin all the time as an influence i will always always honor my parents over and over i just love saying their names and ruth and raymond my my family my niece uh camilla she just she is such an influence to me because uh she has really really just been just a sweet person from childhood through adulthood and uh just a joy to be around uh but then i got pockets of friends you know my fraternity my julian high school i still talk to we're looking at trip possibilities you know we missed our 40th anniversary but we still talk my you know my They're, they're kind of like my bestie friends, but they still influence me. The, the, I know I'll leave somebody's name out there. I mean, why did you see my name? <laughs> but, but the Darius, the Jose, the Ties, the Pandars, the Glorians, the Sherry's, the you know, Sandra, the, the, all of the crew that you still, that I still grow up with. You know, my Fernwood buddies. You know, Mark and Tony and Keith, and it's just an endless list there of people. I'm influenced by people who are positive and still want to be a part of your life. But they're also uh, historical figures. You know, I, Roberto Clemente was, I mean, I just followed him my entire career. You know, uh, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. You know, there are people who have just made, they've gone through some great, heavy things. I have some professors, uh, Dr. Joseph D. Lewis, Olo uh, Kikijulo. You'd always say, I want you to always find your roots. Always find your roots. You won't be able to help anybody till you find out where you came from and what you are. Uh, my, as I said, Coach Mays, he entrusted me to write the lineup sometimes as a senior in high school, you know, and uh, did not retire until I was able to take over the team, you know, 30 plus years later. Um, They're just, there's so many, there's so many aspects, you know, um, principles, principles influence me. You people who are still in this thing influence me to make better decisions, to be more service oriented. You know, I've, I've had great pastors, you know, uh, throughout my entire life, uh, uh, Currently, uh, Pastor Brittany and Pastor Jason, uh, Pastor Purvis, he uh, officiated my wedding. Uh, you know, they're just, they're just so many, you know, people who have been there and in, in places. And I, uh, I, I'm blessed. Sometimes it's a slight, feels like a slight. Uh, I can remember back things that happened to me when I was actually one and a half years old, my mom would shake her leg and I remember people, how could you remember that? But that memory helps me to, you know, go through and guide through these days um, because every day we're seeing things that are in the, you know, in the news and things throughout this world that just make you scratch your head. 
you know, make you scratch your head. Like, how are we going to get through this thing? And then if you have that look and then there's a kid that's looking at you. And uh, and uh, through marriage, I have a I have two adult children now, Jonathan and Jonathan and Rachel. How fortunate are they? Yeah, well, I got to skip some of that stuff. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm in Florence, and you know what? And this is going to sound a little bit frivolous. Yeah, I've because I, I, I know how much you love your dog. I'm influenced by the pets sometimes. They, if I can watch them sometimes in their joy, so I have the the benefit of <laughs> Rachel. I mean, uh, Robin and uh, Raven. <laughs> And Robin's actually named after her mom, but mm. she had that name before before mom knew that was her name. <laughs> and we got a little Sabina, that's her big dog cousin. <laughs> but even the animals sometimes uh, can influence you to how they get along, how they can almost make up sometimes. So I, I find influences in a lot of places with a lot of people. Love it. And, and love, uh, dogs are all love uh like pure love uh thank you for sharing that um so being successful at what you do must include staying on top of your own productivity but this can mean so many different things to so many different people so let me ask you a couple of questions in terms of your own productivity let's start with how do you get things done what is your um your in terms of your email and your your calendar going to places your to-do list how do you manage all those things what what, what happens behind the scenes still working on that no, no, <laughs> no um that is a that is uh it's something that is a continuous flow you know i had uh i'm still an old school big paper calendar guy I'm still a whiteboard guy uh, with the check off and erase, but I have matriculated into the 21st century. So I do send myself, uh, I set alarms for myself on the schedules. Uh, for this, I set alarms to this is what time I want to be up. This is what time I want to, you know, think about pray before, you know, what I, I have things that are set up that when they are working and when they are functioning, I do better. That means I get to the exercise regimen that I'm trying to do or the meal planning or how I'm going to reach out to um, different principles for different things. You know, I have this day or if I'm working with uh In example, I'm working with uh, uh, Dr. Williams, Linda Williams, and, and she mentors principals. So I reach out to her, and she reaches back to be able to say, "This is a time that we can we can meet." And you know, I look at that calendar, and uh, so this is an unfinished one, kind of where you <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. you keep looking, and you don't want anything to get too bogged down, but That has been successful when I really look at it from, I back map from, not just from that month. I almost, I, I've been trying to break it up into quarters of, of, 
of three months. Um, my, my, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention another person who influenced me is my my barber. I, my same barber that I've had since I was 13, Mr. Benny. Uh, historically, traditionally, and uh, I'm, I'm going to say it this way, and yeah, I said it. In <laughs> uh, uh, African-American culture in the barbershop, it's it's almost like a therapy session in there. You learn so much. And if you're a little kid, they'll remind you, they'll say, now you listen to this because this is gonna help you. <laughs> but uh, he, he does this thing where he says he cuts winters. So <laughs> around January and February, he has to go somewhere that's warm to cut that winter kind of thing. Well, I broke, I break things up into three months and back map to be able to say, am I gonna get caught up or am I gonna be behind the rest of the year? So uh, I encourage people to find the thing that works for them. But that's kind of a block that has worked for me. It didn't necessarily work in that way with uh, CPS because that schedule itself kind of designs and guides you. Like Efrain uh, knows when he's going to get his budget. Yeah, He knows when he has to and how he has to meet with teams, you know, for this uh, continuous work plan, CIWP. He also knows what's the seasons for hiring and uh, teachers that may or may not be retained or leaving the system. And I know it's got to be even more on steroids because of uh, uh, having the number of people who have much more years during this pandemic. Mm. So, uh Within, I, I guess I would say also looking at your own district map. Uh, IPA, Illinois Principals, they do a great thing. It's called a principal calendar. And uh, all of the field services specialists, and we reach out to principals. When do you do this? You do this. So if somebody was really going into this, they could look at this and say, I can kind of figure out my professional part just based on these are the kind of times and things that come out. If it's nothing more than celebrations or awards or um, your spirit week, whatever it is. So I, I do a lot of back mapping and just really goal oriented to see, am I hitting these things? If I got a bunch of things on here and they're not getting quote unquote a touch, then I need to go back or even I need to let some things go or I need to retool what I'm doing with them. Because uh, the better you do, the more people will give you and the more they will ask. Yes. <laughs> Wise. Uh, le let me ask you, in terms of your habits of success, like how does your morning routine look like now uh, in comparison how it looked when you were in the trenches? Uh, so <laughs> I kind of feel like I keep coming back to uh, my nuptials. Uh, I, I was. I've been a bachelor since fourth grade. So, <laughs> so uh, married life and retire, quote unquote, retirement are all kind of a different thing. But uh, knowing that when I, knowing that in the morning, what I'm going to do, you know, uh, getting up, pray, thank God, and, and I say hello to my wife i love you and but then the dogs know that they're next they know because they're jumping up and they're screaming they know this and we know that then there's some kind of breakfast uh but in between the, the i love you wife and taking them out i pull out my calendar and i want to look and see what i have in front of me and that will remind me i try not to look at night 
because sometimes if that day looks too ugly, <laughs> you won't sleep as well. So, so I don't necessarily encourage looking at it the night before, but almost having a mindset of what that week looks like. You kind of know, well, I'm going to be doing that on that day. Uh, and just trying to be as consistent where it's not overwhelming. It can be overwhelming if you get caught behind. And we always get caught behind all it takes. is right. We used to say, well, you can rest that lesson plan up with one good fire drill. <laughs> It'll be, be off for that whole day. But um, making sure that every day that I, you know, I, I eat some fruit, even if I don't want to eat some fruit because I know it's better for me, you know, or uh, trying to decrease the amount of sugar yeah. or or just reaching out to somebody and just saying, hey, how you doing? Because they, man, somebody was thinking about me. And the fact is somebody was thinking about you because uh, no matter what profession you're in right now, everything is, uh, you know, being attacked yeah. by lots of things that are going on so you just got to find your balance and that, that's I guess that that would be the, the one thing that I'd say is trying to find that healthy balance um, I went to uh, I saw on the podcast I wasn't able to attend there was a homegoing homegoing ceremony of someone called a funeral or a great educator uh, that Hall of Fame coach his name is Dr. J.W. Smith and uh, he was in Chicago Public Schools for over 40 years. And he passed. Uh, but the message was, they said, I can tell you who you are and what you value by your schedule. Wow. What you have in that schedule will value and tell you what's important to you. How often you run, how often you smile, how often you right, whatever it is that you do, if you look in that schedule and it's it's in there, it's somewhere, however you document that thing, you'll know that it's important to you. If it's not on that schedule, it's important to you, you should get it on that schedule. Yes. Amen. Let me ask you one more follow-up question. Um what influence will you say uh, church has done in you? And how have you translated that in your service in public school system? Well, I, and I will readily admit here that my my opportunities and my walk was was should not have been challenged, but it was challenged when I was in the in the trenches of, of working. Um, and granted, you know, I take full responsibility and accountability because I can say this that people will see. Uh, you know, now it's it, it it's it's it it guides and leads my direction in life now. Uh, not as much as it should have been, you know, and Some people just have to, you know, be transparent. And I'm okay with people seeing this because I want them to know that I want anybody who's listening to know that 
You don't have to stay where you're at to be where you want to go. And we talked about it before about that balance. Uh, if you can't find, if you can't find a way to, you know, put God first and, and drive your life, you know, or guide your life. Uh, now, and, and please, you know, if anybody is offended by that, please, you're forgiven. Not offended, taken. This is you. This yeah. is your wisdom and productivity. Yeah. You, 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 you gotta find a way to, you know, take those words that are written there and have them direct what you're doing. That's what we live in the natural. So, how do you take this? How do you take this, 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 this information and help to guide you and stay faithful? And um, so, I. I really would have liked to have uh, been paying paying more attention. You know, I've always been I've always been uh, faithful from a child, uh, but sometimes we can we can let it not be a focus for us. And uh, I, I I encourage people to sit back and kind of take a glance at their lives and say, well, does it look the way that I want it to look? And if not, well. What's what's the constants that are happening, and what things are not happening, <laughs> and you know, subsequently, I think it will help you to uh, regain your faith. Because you know, faith is uh, it's all. You know, faithfulness is all in all. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, one more follow-up question. Um, you you win the prestigious Golden Apple Award and uh, you enter the gym room Irma Ruiz School and you see all your students there to celebrate you and you get in the microphone and you sing. <laughs> Can you walk us through that moment and how you felt? What did you think? Why sing? Uh, it's fascinating. Uh, I want to know what were your thoughts? So... So, <laughs> a little bit about the process is not, you know, I don't know that it's a secret to anything. Um, you, 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 you don't know whether you're going to win it. Uh, but, or you don't know if you're going to be acknowledged by it. So, I... Uh, You walk in there and you see the you see the kids, and, and I'm sure I got tears in my eyes because I know they got that thing. But um, as much as it's an acknowledgement for for me, it, I, it was an acknowledgement for the kids. It was an acknowledgement for the school. It was an acknowledgement for you. It's acknowledgement for anybody who's putting time and effort into this thing that somebody says, you know, good job. Uh, the kids always gotta always get it. We have, um, I, and you may or may not know, we have a we I'm, like I'm still there. We had a staff band uh, called Suavecito. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Franklin Paz, he's a, a world-renowned singer. Uh, he sang with Celia Cruz, uh, all of these great people, Tito Puente Jr. And uh, but he's also a computer teacher. 
<laughs> and Maitre Martinez, Albert Ramirez, Oton Caballeros. We would always, uh, Jose Martinez, he would come visit us for, <laughs> when he after he retired because he taught there at the school. So we always would play. And uh, about, about 15 years ago, they had a thing called the World's Greatest Barbecue by uh, an insurance company. And there's a prize, $15,000 for the best act, teacher acts. So they had three different stages and they had celebrity judges. And we made one of the auditions and we actually made the stage and we sang Suavecito by Malo. <laughs> and um, we we didn't win the money. And the people, but it was from uh, audience participation. And they said, um, said um oh you guys did such a great job and you're wonderful we'd like to give you a thousand dollars i said oh thank you that's very kind but no thank you he said excuse me i said you said that it was for audience participation correct yes i said well somebody taped this out there have you watched the tape i said well we're not asking for the money just watch the tape because i said so i had to explain to my parents and those are the almost why we didn't win. <laughs> so they called back a couple hours later and said, you know, we, we heard about it. I wanted, so we want to give you $3,000. Oh, that is fabulous. I said, you didn't look at the tape, did you? Wow. They looked at the tape and they said, you're right. We want to award you the $15,000. I said, I said, I got a lot of nerve asking for stuff, right? I said, the only thing I would ask you to do is come out and present the check. <laughs> to the school and we played for them nice and but one of the favorite songs that the kids that was a long way to get to the story one of the fa- the, the, the songs that the kid liked the most was My Girl so that's why I sang it but I changed it to Rui's beautiful but um, and um, it, it's overwhelming it's an overwhelming moment uh to get acknowledged. Some people uh, have been great this entire time and they don't, you know, I don't know if you're a baseball fan, people still, they kind of mourn Ernie Banks that he never got to play in a World Series, you know, as great as he was and a great Cub sometimes, but you just have to know for yourself the work that you're putting in. And, um, you know, I remember talking to the four finalists or it was four of us and I said like oh my god <laughs> like only taking one of us you know <laughs> and, uh you know Dan Krause there was some some prolific names of people up there and I'm like <laughs> you know but you always know that sometimes you, you you might get that you just might get that knowledge or you're, we say even a broken clock is right twice <laughs> But it was very overwhelming, and uh, but I really felt like it was an honor for the school and the kids because whatever I was doing in there, that's fine. But you can't work with an empty platter. You gotta, you have to have something wonderful in front of you. Beautiful. Thank you, uh, Dana. This has been such a great conversation. Uh, I am so honored you have been here in the show. Anything else that you would like to share with the listeners of the show? Um, it's a song title, but uh, 
trouble doesn't last always, you know. <laughs> uh, I, I, I encourage, I, I just encourage people to find, find that balance, find that balance in your life. Celebrate every opportunity that you can. Anything in LA, I didn't say reward, celebrate. Be of service. When you are serving and helping others, there's a fulfillment in your heart that you will never, that will never match any financial accolades that you will get. You know, if you offered me and say, well, you know, hundred dollars, say hundred dollars, I'll give you hundred dollars, or you held the door for the that that grandmother. I'm holding the door. You know, uh, a lady a lady told uh, a lady told my wife a story at church that uh, we're we're greeters, and her her cousins from out of town were coming late to church and she was kind of looking and panicking like I said I can wait for them she asked when I would wait for them and you know showed them how to get into the church and she told my wife this story literally like four four weeks later of how how great that was and how what an impact it was and you just you just never know you never know what kind of impact you're going to make when you're helping someone and help you to sleep better. On the other side, I'm going to tell you, yeah. I, I'm somebody who was a victim of this, of non-sleep, mm. always going to bed late, waking up early for years. Make sure that you are finding not only sleep, but rest. You can be sleep and not resting well. Resting. Yeah. And I would encourage you to look at what you're eating. What are you eating these days? What are you putting in you? Because all of those things will help you help you physically get through get through the day. And uh, don't get through a day without telling somebody that you care about them, you love them, you appreciate them, you're praying for them. That that that, that helps me. That helps me every day uh, when things look a little weird. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh my gosh, Dana, we can be here for hours. I appreciate you. Such a great thank everybody here. Uh, I love my my Ruiz family. I don't get to talk to them a whole lot. Um, there's just so many people out there to thank but um, just know that I, I thank you all and I, and I look forward to hearing some of your feedback uh, and uh, to Dr. Martinez I've been a, I've been a um, I've been a fan of yours for years you have uh, you have worked through some of some of the greatest and most successful and challenging places and things and uh, you've been very transparent about your your life and your journey so I can only say aplauso. you know thank you for for sharing because other people have benefited and grown out of this uh, I'd love to I'd love to see you with your um, when you are presenting so it's always entertaining engaging but thoughtful 
you know, I always leave with something. And uh, that's uh, another very, very important. You are an impact person. You make a difference. You are a game changer. Well, I learn, I learn from people like you. Thank you for supporting me when nobody was uh, supporting me. Um, I know we're going to be brothers forever. Hermanos. Man, siempre, man. Absolutely, <laughs> man. Absolutely. And uh, I, I just I just uh, feel very honored you were here in the show. Thank you so much. And thank you for, me, for giving me the opportunity. And thank you. You all stay safe. <laughs> absolutely, man. Uh, this has been all for uh, the podcast of Dr. Efraim Martinez, Wisdom and Productivity. And talking about dogs, Dana, I have the ending, uh, a, a video of uh, Chulu saying the same thing I just said about the show. After that, we're going to say bye-bye. Take care. Adios. Thank you for listening to Wisdom and Productivity, the podcast of Dr. Epaim Martinez. Chulu. And I love that production. Chulu out. <laughs>